You're listening to Ants Talk. My next guests have their very own show, answering questions about love, work and direction in life. Anne and Renata have the naughty and nice tarot show. Renata is a psychic medium and Anne owns Australia's largest online paranormal equipment store. Welcome them both to the show. Hi, Anne and Renata. How are you going? Welcome to the show. Hi. Oh, thanks so much for having us. We're excited to be here. I know we've already excited had a... to be anywhere. We are at our age. <laughs> we've already had a we've already had a cack before the recording. <laughs> I know this is going to be brilliant. So, girls, tell us how did you both meet? Oh, it's a long story. <laughs> yeah, I will try and shorten it for yeah, you. Yeah, well, um, basically, in the paranormal field, it's a very small community here in Newcastle, and I'd heard about Renata, and um, the people that I was hanging with at the time told me what a bitch she was and to keep away from her. And it's, um, you know, she's snaffled every haunted location in the area. And um, she's just a, a total outright bitch. So I tried <laughs> to keep so away from her. So much truth in that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to keep away from her for a while. But, but then um, she had something to offer, so you thought you'd... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a cruise, would you believe? Um, no, I, I sort of did get to know her a little bit at uh, Psychic Expos, and she was always very shy and quiet and stayed hidden most of the time. Mm. I think she was lurking and watching what was going on around her. But in the end, it turned out we'd both been so badly burnt in business from other people that she was trying to protect herself. So that's all she was doing. Um, And then we sort of got to know each other and it was a a psychic research um, class or something in Mm -hmm. Sydney. You rang me up and said, would I like to go with you? Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. And she Uh, um, brought egg sandwiches with her. Oh, I love, oh my God, I would have eaten them. I love egg sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. She's an uh, an old Polish queen, shall I say. (laughs) (laughs) Watch your language. Yeah, she's rolling her eyes at me now. You, go, you tell the story how we... Yeah, and um, because we spent an hour and a half in the car both ways, we talked a little bit about our situations and where we were at and what we were hoping to achieve. And um, she sort of stayed on my radar for a little while. She was still with sort of other groups and doing things, but I, I had an eye on her. I was just waiting for the right time. And what happens in uh, a lot of these sorts of communities is that people go from one group to another and they they move around until they feel they find someone that they're comfortable with um and so my group that i was with sort of disintegrated and i was just about to do a cruise tour very first cruise haunted cruise tour in australia and i needed uh, someone to be on board the vessel instead of myself because i get awesomely sick so there was no way I was ever get, even going to get close. Um, and uh, Anne made herself available, or I asked, and she was available. And so, yeah, can I just uh, say I was sloppy seconds, but I'm, I'm sort of, I don't care. I don't care. Um, we've sort of been getting on ever since. That's yeah. brilliant. And we so promised what, we'd never go into business. Where was this cruise? That sounds fascinating. <clears throat> yeah, the cruise started from Sydney and went down to Melbourne. So it was just a small three or four day cruise. Yeah. And we packed in uh, a whole lot of uh, paranormal events along the way. So there were some workshops on board the the ship. And then once we got into uh, Melbourne, I think it was uh, Melbourne Cup as well. Yes, it was. It It was was Melbourne Melbourne Cup. 
So we had um, some ghost tours before and after that I had organised. So I flew down to Melbourne and met everyone. We went to Port Arthur and all of that sort of stuff. And um, it was it was awesome. It was really, really yeah, good. It sounds cool. And being Melbourne Cup, there probably were a lot of horse ghosts, right? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> poor poor horses. horses. Don't even horses. get us started. I, start. no, I'm the same. Poor things. Now, listen, I also know you have both seen a lot of the most haunted places, including Dracula's castle in Romania. Tell us about that. Oh, that was awesome. Dracula was fantastic. Yeah, we went with Dave Schrader. He organised the tour over there and there was um, 90% or 95% crazy Americans and (laughs) this small component of three Australians. Um, and they took us, I think it was to Brand Castle, which was the beautiful fairy tale looking one. It's a typical Dracula looking castle. And they had a nice big dinner and a supper and things there for us. And then they let us loose in the castle and there was bear pits. And um, there was the legend of a, a headless lady who um, had an affair with someone and they lopped off a head and the skull was missing. We got talking to one of the archaeologist historians that were there um, and she was telling us the legend. We said, well, shall we do some uh, glass dowsing, uh, old-fashioned seance-style communication? And she went, oh, yeah, I have good to go, you know. So she, she speaks, that's my Romanian accent. Did you like that? <laughs> awful. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to say someone else talking. Just get the point across. Anyway, so we got the glass out and it started moving and it was spelling out letters and um uh, we were speaking in English and then we said, why don't you ask questions in Romanian? So she started asking questions in Romanian and it was starting to answer her. And in she was, Romanian? We, we didn't wow. know. So we had no concept of what was going on. Uh, and then she apparently asked for the town where the missing head was. And it spelt out this word. And she said, that town is actually only about seven miles away from here. And it is quite feasible that that where it would be considering mm. the historical aspect it wasn't that far to travel at that time wow. so that was a bit mind-blowing wasn't it, it? Was, it was. oh that would trip been. to romania was actually um a life-changing event yeah um and we did see a lot of places that we probably would never have thought of going on mm. our own including turd assault mine <laughs> yeah. we went down the salt mine it we was fabulous down, we, yeah i actually discovered that yeah, you, I yeah, you discovered got that, that and you i went that. let's go there and so no, no turd off us trip was a great name turd but it, that was amazing actually mm. it was really really amazing so we we had an adventure but the whole thing with Dracula in Romania is it wasn't up until the Dracula movies came out that the Romanians knew nothing about Dracula. It was mm. um, Vlad the Impaler is, is one of the legends that Dracula was built on. He used to like impaling his victims on slippery poles and it would slide up the... Yeah, you get it. Um, <laughs> so he'd tie them on there and they'd so slowly slide down and get impaled up the, the uh, number two. Anyway. The clacker. <laughs> um, yeah, the clacker. Thank you. Uh, and uh, people there didn't really know who this Dracula was until they they started saying, people say, oh, we'll pay you money. And they've gone, oh, we know Dracula. Dracula <laughs> was here. Come in. And then all of a sudden, all these people up everywhere would be going, oh, Dracula came here. Come check out my place. And yeah, so <laughs> He had a coffee here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's funny, you know, like when I did go over, because I went over to Europe myself and over to England, and I actually went up to, um, up to Wales to Clagloughlin. 
And I must say, it was such a unique experience because here in Australia, everything's so new in reality. Do you know what I mean? Compared to Europe. Um, And I mean, uh, my friend that I went with, we actually went to a little graveyard that was near where his brother lived. It was tiny. But some of the headstones there were from like, the 1400s and Mm. like my eyes literally couldn't function like I couldn't believe what I was actually seeing because it was just so unrealistic for someone like me that comes from a place that's you know just uh, around 200 years old it's like well since we've been here um but Mm. over there it's history is just abundant it really is so it would be absolutely amazing to go over and do some of those ghost tours over there and Mm -hmm. oh i could just we went to uh, baskerville hall in uh wales oh and we uh, actually did a little bit of our seance work there and of course arthur conan doyle visited there quite often um, and we do believe that we may have made contact with him because we were asking questions like um, how many children did you have and it would give us a number and then we would look up the internet to see if it was right and it was right oh so God. we got some validating information and uh, I don't know if it was wishful thinking or whether it really happened but um, to get validating information when you're doing that sort of stuff is really quite cool. I can imagine. Now, there's also a multi-award winning TV show coming out or it's already out about investigating the paranormal. Tell us about that. Uh, Yes, so that's called The Space Between and it's produced by Bianca Biassi and Rebecca Biassi who are two gorgeous ladies from Sydney and they've been working on this for years and it's literally uh, Bianca's story about her own personal experiences with the paranormal and how she has connected it all through to a space that she absolutely loves and adores and has been working with for uh, also a really long time, and that's a quarantine station manly. So it sort of is a, is a personal story, but it, it's more than that. It's, it's about how we interact with this world that we don't see, but we literally feel around us all the time. And the weird synchronicities of numerology and other things that are there as well that Mm -hmm. she drew together is just quite mind-blowing. Now, it's not actually out yet. It's still on the awards circuit. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's picked up uh, worldwide awards uh, um, for best TV documentary um, in the paranormal field. And uh, it's doing really well. So we're very excited for that to come out. How exciting. I can't wait to see Mm. it. Now, we were the paranormal investigators. Sorry. Oh, yeah, we were the paranormal investigators on that. So that's, um, that's our involvement. So exciting. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Make sure you subscribe to Ants Talk. Now, what would you say has been the scariest places you visited? Uh, I have to go back to the Edinburgh vaults uh, only because they locked the door behind us and it was so pitch black and there were so oh. many people in there. Uh, and all I wanted to do was escape. <laughs> so maybe not not from the paranormal point of view, but you get you get thrown into certain situations when you're doing this job, and and not all of them are pleasant. Yeah. Sometimes the environment isn't terribly pleasant. Sometimes it's the people that you are with that aren't as pleasant as you would hope them to be. Um, and yeah, even I was I was goaded into trying the end revolts. I, I'm. I'm a bit of a claustrophobic and uh, I also do not like the dark, pitch, (laughs) pitch dark. 
Paranormal investigator, you're going to love the dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's a bit of a failure of mine. Um, and yeah, this this was uh, quite a a kind of a a scary a scary situation. I really didn't like being there at all. Mm. I would have to say my scariest place is the Gravedigger's Cottage at uh, Q Station Manly. There is just something about that location that um, I do not like to walk in there alone. Uh, I have seen things fly across the room, like lift up in front of me and, and bit flung against a wall. Um, we've had voices in there. We've had um, this footage that Bianca has of uh, a lady that gets grabbed and dragged backwards oh. into the middle bedroom door. So uh, I've, I've always felt uncomfortable and unwilling to be in there without a light. <laughs> And I, I walk very quickly in and very quickly out. <laughs> I must say that with with your style of work, it it would make me really nervous. I've even had just a few experiences myself when I was very young. I moved into the share house where everyone was saying to me the house was haunted, the house was haunted, and I was like, mm -hmm, sure. Anyway, I was laying on my bed one day and I'd actually woken up from a sleep. And everyone still asked me if they if I ever tell them the story. Are you sure you were awake? Yes, I woke up and I was laying there and I was laying there for quite a while, but you know, I, I just felt this energy and it was really cold in the room. I had this weight on my chest and it was almost like someone was sitting on my chest. It literally was. And then obviously when I started <gasps> like freaking out, that's when they actually let me up. You could almost see the difference of the energy of me, you know, being weighted down to them, being able to fling myself up immediately. So, I mean, that really freaked me out. And then there was another um, part where um, when I'd literally first moved into this house, I had this dream. And it was a dream of me driving along this long highway in a red MG. And someone was trying to drive me off the road. I could feel this car trying to bump me off the road. And when I turned to look at the other car, it was like a mirror image. It was me in a red MG. When I told these people that like they were all, they were all uni students. And when I told them this, this dream the next day, their faces and their mouths just were dropping to the floor and they're all looking at each other. And they went, Oh my God. And I said, what? They said, well, the guy whose ghost we believe is in this house, he was actually the son of, I think Ch the owner of channel nine or something in Brisbane. And he actually died in a red MG and he was Whoa. in love with one of the girls that lived at the house who still live there. And that's why they think he always stayed around that house was because she still lived there and there was one light right next to her bedroom it was one of those old candle style lights you know with the little candlesticks and no one it wouldn't matter who did it what time of day you could go up and switch it on off on off and it would not work but as soon as she touched that light it would turn on and off and it was that's like, a gorgeous story yeah. that a beautiful story yeah. it sort of is because it's it's that un, uh, it's that you know that love story even yeah, though, even though love thought, never dies, so they yeah. say love is eternal. Even though she had a boyfriend the whole time, but that's okay. <laughs> he loved her. <laughs> that's what's still, important. You can still admire. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Why do you think spirits feel the need to hang around? It's absolutely for us. Um, I don't think they have that much of a need in most cases to hang around at all. Mm. Um, certainly as a living person, if you had 
no attachment or if something gruesome happened in a particular place, you want to get out of there as soon as possible. Mm. So um, I think it's the same for the spirit world. They they often hang around for our benefit or that, that sense, yeah, that yeah. sense yeah. of attachment to uh, the energy that's left behind is, is for us because we cling on. We don't want to let go. Um, and yes, our grieving process is, is very, very stunted because we don't understand the grieving process um, as well as we should and mm. allow it to happen the way that it should. Uh, and so um, even though we're supposed to be quite stoic and get over it and get on with our lives, there's a part of our heart that is often broken because someone has left uh, this side and so we cling to a connection with them and the more you cling to the connection the stronger it gets and look there's other theories as well that they've got unfinished business or that um, they may have died suddenly and they're unaware that they've passed they still think they're there interacting and can't work out why people are um, not hearing them um, and another theory I have, particularly for negative energies, um, darker energies, I don't like to call them darker. They're just um, if you're a dickhead in life and you died, you're probably going to be a dickhead in death. That's all I can say. Um, is that they've been told all their life that they've been, you know, if you're naughty, if you sin, that you're going to go to the eternal pits of hell and uh, suffer for an eternity. So they don't go they don't cross over because they're going hell no i'm not uh, going there if i've got the opportunity to stay here and scare the bejesus out of people that's a really good point actually mm. very good point what would you say is the biggest misconception about your work oh are we going to go there, <laughs> go there. <laughs> there are many misconceptions Orbs. um as- <laughs> As, as long as you're uh, wearing a black T-shirt and you're a male, then you're very capable of doing all of this. But the, the moment you step into a female role, uh, it's very hard to get respect and for your peers to understand that the work that you do is just as uh, credible as what any man would do. Sorry, guys, but that's the way it is. And um, heaven help you lift your head above the others, especially in Australia, Mm. in trying to do something. Uh, You are trodden on and... and yeah. put back in your place well i mean we were we've been actually we've been doing a lot of work with isaac butterfield who is a, a comedian and he's taken us on as his paranormal investigative team for his new series the devil's advocate uh, as a youtube series and um it's raised our profile and we found that his managers really liked our work and have signed us so we we now have management and of course they're raising our profile mm. and as our profile raises the knives are coming out. It seems that as soon as you get um, even a little bit of celebrity status, that any knowledge you have seems goes to fly out the window. Flies out yeah. the window, and you become just um, a dumb person wanting to get likes on social media. It's like, no, we've got years of study and learning and uh, travel experiences. So it's, so, it's sort of like working at Parliament House then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, one of the big misconceptions is that if, uh, if, as yeah, if as a paranormal investigator, you don't come up with the goods every time you go out, that means that you're not good. Yeah. Rather right. than the fact that the spirits just aren't hanging around uh, and turning up because you're there, mm. um, and that this sort of stuff is actually a lot rarer than people think. 
um, there seems to be this misconception that if you know you're not coming up with stories and, and huge happenings every time you go out, then you're, you're really not good. And the whole demonic aspect of things as well has been completely blown out of proportion yeah. by television and the ghost hunting TV shows who need to have a demon every episode to get their ratings. Now, uh, demonic things are actually to do with religion and their religious bias. It's part of their uh, religious system and setup. Mm. It's got nothing to do with paranormal investigation. Paranormal investigation is looking at environmental considerations as to what might be causing uh, a supposed haunting within a location. Right, that's interesting. What that was my going to be, I think that's sort of feeding into my next question. What are some of the facts about your work? Uh, there aren't any. We don't no, know what ghosts are. And this is the, oh, this. we would be so in trouble if we yeah. said that there are facts in this. My God. Oh, you were waiting for that. Uh, oh, that was a trick question. I have all the I have all the males standing by. Oh, see. <laughs> we get it. See, I I actually sell the equipment that they use on the ghost hunting TV shows, and it surprises me how many people will think they're going to get a gadget and be able to speak to their mother or their father or loved one mm. that's passed. And the, the actual fact is everything that we've got so far is experimental. Yeah. We don't know what's going on until we die. So all we can do is take the equipment and have the knowledge of how the equipment works to be able to work and hopefully make contact with the other side. Mm. The best way to make contact is actually to use someone like Renata as a medium who gives you information and then you might get some validation on the equipment through a, a voice that might come across on a recorder or you might ask them to make a gadget light up and that gadget lights up. So you're looking for those correlations to, to happen so that um, you can try to work out what on earth is going on. Does a lot of that equipment sell in Australia? Uh, yes. Yeah, I am. She's got it. <laughs> yeah. I'm the, uh, the only supplier of the original uh, from the maker equipment. There wow. are some places that are selling knockoff versions and you can buy cheap copies from China on eBay yeah, and yeah. Wish and things like that. But the, the real gear that's been created for paranormal investigation is what Ozparatech sells. Wow, that's amazing. Do you know, and do you know many of the people that do buy it? Do they surprise you? The people that are interested? I think the most surprising thing is their reasoning for buying it. Mm, right. Um, and it's it, with any of the equipment that Anne sells, there you you do also have to learn how to use it. Read the how instructions. To it, how to use it properly? Yeah. And. Uh, well, that's again. why they write don't ingest on shampoo bottles, you know. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Might smell good, but don't eat it. <laughs> and, and that's the reason why many questions also come through because they do, um, as Anna said, they, they buy a product and they think, well, this is going to be the hotline to the ghosts. Mm. They're all waiting to talk to and you. And they're not prepared to put the work into it and mm. the patience and the effort yeah. that it takes to um, then review recordings of um, spirit box sessions and things like that. So they just want it to be an instant, um, I'll turn this on and I can talk to mum. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. work like that at all. Yeah, it's it's sort of like I mean, even only about a week or two ago, some because I work doing um, makeup and stuff like that. One of the young girls that I work along was saying to me, "Oh, we got the Ouija board out last night," and and I'm like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> and what did you do? Oh, with that? we I collect Ouija boards. 
Do you? I collect them. Yeah. Oh, how amazing. Because there's yeah, some really actually... beautiful ones. Yeah. Look, now we actually presented uh, an online course to a, um, uh, what was it, English, England Paranormal Convention only mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago. It was an online thing. And uh, the Ouija board is really misunderstood. Mm. Once again, Hollywood has got hold of what was a game. It was essentially a dating game. Uh, oh. for the late 1800s, early 1900s. And uh, if you look into the history of it, you'll find it used in Dennis the Menace, uh, where the kids are sitting down playing it together quite happily. It wasn't demonic. Uh, I Love Lucy, they're using it, um, oh. not demonic. And then along came The Exorcist. Yeah, that's it. That's what I remember. And everything <laughs> changed. And it was during the Satanic Panic. And uh, everyone then started to freak out, thinking that, you know, oh, it's a demonic portal to hell. No, it's the user that is the problem, not the uh, form of communication. Mm. Now, what would you say to people that don't believe in this whole industry? That's fine. Yeah. Go well, off. I'm not here I to can, convince I anyone. I can totally understand why you wouldn't believe it. Mm. The only ones I get upset with are the cynics. But to me, cynics are as bad as uh, faithful believers who don't question anything. Yeah, so you, you get the camp that will um, be saying everything is the spirits told me to do it. And I believe those orbs are ghosts and that you, no matter how much science and logic you give them, they will not believe otherwise. The mm. cynics, other side. A ghost could walk up and smack them in the face and disappear and they'd go, no, that's, that didn't happen. That is actually a fake thing. I mean, even with Isaac shows, there was a few things that we had items moving and things like that. And some person got on there and was saying, oh, they're faked all of that stuff. Mm. They've got a machine that's behind that rigged to a wire to press a oh. button. And <laughs> I went, oh, I'm too lazy for that. I'm sorry. And <laughs> who's got lazy. the money? Do you know how much that would cost? No. Why would you bother? <laughs> I was just going to say the great thing about the world is that uh, there are so many different things to believe in and do. Um, you know, everyone is open to have their opinion. That's it. But it's it's like everything else. Please don't be nasty. Exactly. Because. If we're not trying to be nasty to you, there is no reasoning why you should be nasty to us. That's it. Amen to that. This is Anne's Talk. Now tell us about the Naughty and Nice Tarot Show. <laughs> All right. So that is a Thursday night, 8.30pm on our Anne and Renata Frightfully Good Facebook page. And it's one hour of very blunt advice via <laughs> the tarot cards. Uh, now, Renata is a tarot master and she is also a uh, counsellor. She's a qualified counsellor. So um, people will ask questions. They're allowed to ask one question and you get a very blunt answer. Uh, Renata doesn't do fluff, love and light. She just tells you to wake up for yourself via the cards. <laughs> the cards uh, are telling me. Yeah. Uh, and then I the Yeah, so she is she is talented. She has gifts. Then there's me. <laughs> I read from the uh, naughty oracle card deck. Uh, when the mood takes me, I'll pull a card and the spirits speak to me. And um, the naughty cards are naughty. Uh, very naughty. I love very it. naughty. They'll say things like um Take, take a tiny, teensy, weeny fucking step forwards. At least you're moving. 
Exactly. I oh, agree with a, that one. I put a nice big spin on that and add all my little bits and pieces, which I'm just making up as I go along. But half the time it actually rings true to them. So. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, my, so that's actually... actually my advice to most people when I, they're whinging at me about their problems. I'll just yeah. say, well, you woke up this morning, didn't you? You can walk, yeah. can't you? Many people yeah. on this planet right now can't even do that. You, yeah. You're very lucky. <laughs> yeah. You're one up on someone else. That's um, exactly. And we've actually uh, gone to a live show with the Naughty and Nice Tarot Show. We've got uh, two Just... trial shows which sold out very quickly, yeah. uh, but it's now going to um, morph into something a little bit different, which we're talking about our team, and we are going to be travelling Australia-wide with it. Oh, that's so cool. Let me know when you come yeah. to Adelaide. <laughs> okay. Oh, we are. You're on our list. Yes, yes. I will um I will tell you where all the good cocktails are. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> so listen, um, can you tell everybody where can they find out more about you? Well, we have a podcast which is going great guns called True Hauntings, and you can find that on iTunes and Spotify. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Instagram as Anne and Renata. You can find us on TikTok. As oh my Renata. god, are you, are you on TikTok? Oh, so I'm so adding you straight up to get off this. Oh, yeah, we hate it, but it's there. <laughs> I love uh, it. <laughs> and what else is there? Of course, Facebook. TikTok keeps me up at night. Oh. I, honestly, I sit there at two o'clock in the morning going, what the hell did I, I just know. say? I am so <laughs> addicted. Oh my goodness. Have a look at our was, spider uh, one. I was literally hilarious. just watching it before I started talking to you. I'm sitting there for hours. <laughs> flick, 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 flick. <laughs> but um yeah so the the facebook is our big community it's the Anne and renata frightfully good uh and oz paratech is my business where i sell mm. paranormal equipment and newcastle ghost tours is renata's business where she oh, runs ghost tours so amazing it's been so good having you both on the show you're absolutely oh, thank you so much. not only hilarious but so informative and i just love that you've done this together and had these little travels together and it's just sublime and your energies are just amazing thank you again for oh, being on the show thank you oh thank you thank My you very pleasure. much and i will be seeing you when you come to adelaide yes. excellent it's a <laughs> day right. thank you Bye. speak soon ants talk